I wanna be where you are. I get this feeling. I wanna be where you are. New song came out, John Summit. I don't know. Ever since I moved to California, I've been heavily indoctrinated. Just fell out of my chair if you're watching on YouTube. I've been heavily indoctrinated into the house music game. Been waiting on this song to come out, drop today. Just listen to it, stuck in my head. That's all. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you had a great week. Hope you're doing well today. It's Friday, right? Nothing's wrong on Friday. Nothing can go wrong on Fridays. One piece of Detroit news, and then like I promised yesterday, not only to you, but kind of to myself, I'm tired of the sports. We had a busy week. The Red Wings are doing all sorts of things. MSU had a stressful game. Michigan lost tonight against Illinois. I don't know. I don't think that means they're done as far as the tournament goes. I don't know if they'll, obviously, if they win the Big Ten tournament, they're in, but I don't know if they even need to do that. Maybe if they win two games in the Big Ten tourney, they'll be pushed through three. I don't really know what that magic number is, but a, ma <coughs> a massive loss for them to Illinois this evening. Unreal game, though. Unreal game. I can't believe Illinois pulled it out. I saw I saw they were Michigan was down three with like a minute left. I was at the gym watching. Look back in, its own, in overtime. When I saw overtime, I was like, oh, it's the Wisconsin game. Same shit. They're going to win again. They had the lead in single overtime. They were up seven at one point. Illinois fought all the way back. Double overtime, and Illinois sealed the deal. Tough loss for Michigan. Don't know if that's the dagger, but a hell of a game nonetheless. Hell of an effort. I'm a Michigan State guy. You know I love to hate on Michigan, right? I was pulling for I-L-L. I was pulling for Illinois, no doubt. But listen, you got you to give credit where credit's due. Unreal effort by Michigan. Unreal fight back this season for Michigan. Like to where they were in January, where they were in February even, where people were like, yeah, enjoy the NIT trip. It, it was booked. It was over. It wasn't even, oh, maybe the, it was, you're going to the NIT. Congrats. And don't say a fucking word about Tom Izzo this March. Got to give it to Michigan. Hell of a battle back as far as the season's concerned, no matter how it ends. Um, you could say. Some might say, I wouldn't say, <laughs> I don't want to poke the bear, but some people might say with the amount of talent on Michigan's team, they should never have been in this position to begin with. Some people might say that. I'm not saying that. Other people might. You could that you could make that argument, but nonetheless, good effort from them. Even getting to this point, even making it interesting at all. <clears throat> as far as the Red Wings, Tyler Bertuzzi, the one, the one big piece of news in Detroit today. Tyler Bertuzzi, he's shipping up to Boston. First, first round pick, a conditional first from the Bruins in 2024, I believe, and a fourth coming back for Bert, which I think is a pretty damn good return. I know Tyler Bertuzzi is a pretty good hockey player. I know he does a lot of things. I know he's got some skill, and I know he's got that edge that fits fucking beautifully in Boston. He's Brad Marchand, dollar store version. Um, but the fact that he's on an expiring contract, his hands are made of napkins. He might get hurt again before the playoffs even come around, like with his track record. The fact that Steve Eiserman could pull in a first for him, that's a job well done. That's a great return for an expiring. And you got to think, like, A, Tyler Bertuzzi, he probably wants his bag. Like, much like Dylan Larkin just got fucking paid, obviously Burt's not going to get paid like that. But Burt's probably looking for something more than a three, four, five-year deal. Like, He's probably looking to get a six-year-plus deal and make his nut on this next contract. I don't think Boston's giving him that. I don't know if even, you know, if Boston wanted to. 
I don't know if they could afford it because you got to believe Burt's going to try and maximize. He's not taking a hometown discount for the Boston Bruins. I don't think he would have even done that for the Red Wings. And I assume before Steve Eiserman dealt, dealt him, you know, they've between last year and this year, much like Larkin, I'm sure he's had plenty of conversations where he probably got the point, like Burt's not taking a discount, even though he's been in Detroit his whole career, even though he loves Dylan Larkin, all this. He's probably not going to take a discount. He's trying to set his family up for his future, for their future. So you got to respect that. But knowing, Boston knowing, that they're probably not going to sign him after this, good return for Steve. And the conditions on the first, um, in 2024, it's a top 10 protected pick. So if Boston slides and that pick becomes top 10, it's going to get pushed to 2025 and we'll take their first round pick. So regardless, the Wings are getting a first round pick for Tyler Bertuzzi. Hats off to Stevie. Um, sad to see him go. You know what I mean? I know it's been dark for the Wings. Like, Tyler Bertuzzi wasn't really a part of anything special here. I hate to say it. He was a part of some of the darkest the darkest days of my life. Anybody over the age of, like, 30, the darkest, the darkest days of their lives as Red Wings fans. So it's not, you know, it's not a guy that lifted the cup here. He's not going to be up in the rafters. But he's been here for a while. He's been one of the faces of the franchise He's a fan's player, like I said, fighting, scrapping it up, scoring some goals, Dylan Larkin's best friend. Yeah, it's sad to see him go no matter what it is, but that's the league. That's pro sports. Shit happens. I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's going to get a chance to go play for a winning team. I tweeted it out the other day. Like, I feel a little bit bad for Dylan Larkin. You know, I mean, tough to feel bad for anybody who just got a nearly $70 million contract. But, like, the guy's played his entire career in Detroit and hasn't even come fucking close. Hasn't even come close to winning anything. He's got buddies all around the league. There's so many dudes that went to Michigan on better teams. Matty Beneers for the crack in the night. They're doing more shit than Dylan Larkin's done in his career. So, I feel bad a little bit in that way. And I felt bad, you know, for Bertuzzi. It's cool that he's going to go get a chance to play for the best team in hockey by far. And you got to believe have a good chance at winning a Stanley Cup. So, you know, win, 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 as far as I'm concerned. Burt's gone. The Larkin presser was a little sad how he was bummed out. His best friend's gone. But like I said, is what it is, man. Is what it is. And similar to what I said in yesterday's episode about the Chronic deal, trade aside, the return aside, I in, I like that Steve is kind of sending a message um, like, hey, Nobody's safe. Dylan Larkin, you're probably safe. Mo Sider, you're probably safe. Lucas Raymond, you're probably safe. And then after that, nobody's safe. I like that he kind of looked at the pieces and goes, look, we've, you know, Phil Hronick, Tyler Bertuzzi, they've been here for a while, and what do we have to show for it? Draft picks that we hope become good? Like, it's time for some change. It's time to shake it up. And I don't know. They lost tonight in uh, OT to the Kraken, but it's time to send a little message and hopefully inject a little life into the Red Wings and inevitably and unfortunately for my taste kind of slide the rebuild back another year or two. Uh, you, you trade away a couple guys in their mid twenties, a couple guys that are NHLers um, for picks for guys who aren't going to be on the big club until fucking who knows when 2026. It is what it is. And the conversation is going to have to happen eventually. We'll see what next season holds. We'll see, I guess what the season after that holds, but kind of kind of soon here, we're going to have to start asking, like, when do we win? When do when do we 
accumulate points. You know what I mean? Like, when does a playoff appearance happen? Steve Eiserman, love him to death. How couldn't you? One of the biggest legends in Detroit sports history. Touted as the best GM in the league when he came to Detroit. He was the savior when he left Tampa. At some point, like, it's great flipping these guys for first-round picks. It's great that he hit on Mo Sider. It's great that he – it looks like he hit on Lucas Raymond. It's great that Bergeron looks pretty good. It's great that Edmondson and some of these other Swedes and guys down in the minors and overseas look pretty good. At some point, though, Steve, we brought you here to produce victories. We brought you here to put a winning team out, not winning draft picks. You know what I'm saying? So – that's a conversation for a later date. Ironically enough, I did an episode a few weeks back, and it was the, the whole episode um, was just talking about like the timetable for these guys. Was talking about Steve Eiserman. Was talking about the wings, and that was pretty much the gist of it. Like, hey man, when do we win? Like, I've heard how great Steve Eiserman is. We always see, oh, fleece them. Yakovrana, what a deal. Nadelkovic, we got him for free. Billy Huso, Jake Wallman, all these guys. It's like, oh my God. How did Steve Eiserman pull that up? Even the Phil Hronick deal was like Vancouver sold what for Phil Hronick? When do we win? Because that's the goal. The goal isn't who can get the most draft picks in this year's draft. No, no. The goal is to lift the Stanley Cup. And to do that, you got to win fucking games. You got to make the playoffs to even have a chance at that. And we haven't really come close. I did that episode before that road trip they went on in which they won like six or seven and fought back into the playoff picture. And then we know what happened after that. But that's a conversation that's going to have to happen in the next year or two. It's the ugly truth, but it is the truth. Like you can't, you don't get your flowers for trading away expiring contracts for draft picks. That's not, you don't hang banners. For that shit. The Detroit Red Wings, we don't throw parades for trading Tyler Bertuzzi for a first. We throw parades for winning Stanley Cups. So at some point, that's going to happen. I think Jim Costa tweeted it out. I think he's a radio guy. I think he does 97-1 sometimes. But yeah, he's like, dude, the milk's going to stink. That's what he said. The milk's going to stink. That's fucking gross, Jim. Who's even drinking milk to begin with anymore? Honest to God. Who's drinking milk? Have a cup of fucking water with your dinner. Put the milk away, dude. You don't need that shit in your body. It's all propaganda. I've done a podcast episode on that too. The conspiracy of milk. It was a massive ad campaign. You remember got milk, your lunches, you always got milk. That shit's, that's bullshit, dude. That's not real. Milk's no good. Put it away. But the milk will start to stink in the next year or two if shit doesn't happen as far as wins and losses. And who knows what's going to happen? Like, you know, the trade deadline is today when this episode comes out. Um, obviously, the draft's coming up. There's an offseason. Steve <clears throat> now has more firepower in the form of draft picks. He might make a move for somebody who's 27 and in their prime and ready to win right now. He might make a deal that makes this team exponentially better next season. He might not sit on those draft picks and wait for an 18-year-old to come along. Who knows what's going to happen? And if that's the case, we'll readjust and we'll have that conversation when the time is right. But in the meantime, like, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Like, it's all great and jolly and good deals and Steve Eisenman's great and the trades and expiring contracts, first-round picks. That's all great. At some point, we got to win. At some point, we got to win hockey games. At some point, the Detroit Red Wings need to be back in the fucking playoffs. Plain and simple. All right. That's all I wanted to say on the sports front. Um, Big news, right? Like, I can't ignore that. What I do want to talk about otherwise – 
I got a burn on my fucking tongue. I don't know. You definitely can't see it. I'm not using a Nat Geo camera right here, dude. One of my, like one singular one of my taste buds. I burned it today. Drinking coffee at work. The coffee sucks at my job, dude. The coffee tastes like shit. I like coffee though. I drink it black. They don't have any other regular creamer. They have those packets. Those things are the worst. The little powdered creamer packets. How is that creamer if it's a powder? Someone explain that to me. If I gave you a cup of some salt looking object and said, yeah, that's water, that's powdered water. You'd look at me like I was a crazy person. You might call the authorities on me. Um, that shit's not creamer. I drink it black. I had some coffee. You know, I was a little tired. I woke up groggy, wanted to go back to sleep. Duty calls. We got to make it into the office. We got to engineer some shit. Burn my fucking tongue. Burn my tongue. And you know what's crazy about it? I've been in this boat before. We all have, right? You, you wait for the coffee. You think you're ready to go and you burn your tongue anyway. I'm not a rookie to this game. I've been drinking coffee for a little bit now. I left the lid off that coffee for a good 10 minutes before I even thought about taking a sip. Yeah, there was a little steam coming off. I'm not going to wait till the stuff gets lukewarm. I don't do cold coffee. I do iced coffees. I don't do hot coffee that became cold because I left it out. I don't do that. And if you do, I'll call the authorities on you because that's crazy. I thought this coffee was primed. I thought we were in the Goldilocks zone. Mama's porridge is a little too cold. Daddy's porridge is a little too hot. I'm the little baby, the baby bear. Thought the coffee was just right. And here I am walking around the rest of the day. I can't go a minute without fucking fiddling around with my tongue in my mouth. Like, do I have dirt? Do I have dirt on my tongue? Did I get stung by a bee on my tongue? Do I have a second tongue growing on my tongue? What exactly is going on? It is miserable. It is miserable. And now I eat another hot food. I had dinner, had some Greek food. It was great. It was, it came out hot though. I put it as soon as it touches that taste bud, boom. It's like I'm having another cup of coffee. It's like I reburned the burn. How the hell does that work? And I don't know the solution. I don't know if there is a solution. Is there? For burned tongues, like, do I get a little bit of Neosporin and dab it on there? That sounds gross. That sounds like I'll throw up. Aloe vera. I, I like the smell of aloe vera. I'll, I'd be lying if I said I've never thought about tasting it. Do I put a little aloe vera? It works on the skin. You get sunburned, aloe vera. How about my tongue? I got a little tongue burn. A little aloe vera. It's not from the sun. It's from coffee, heat, and heat. Not quite UV radiation, but it's still a burn. Technically, it's still a burn. Do I do a little aloe vera on the tongue and then just go ape shit on coffee tomorrow like nothing ever happened? I don't know the fix. What I do know is I'm getting to the point where I'd rather chop my tongue off. Like it is torture having a burned tongue. It is. You see people in movies or like probably they probably do this shit in North Korea, Nazi Germany. You speak out of turn, they take your tongue. <sighs> burn my tongue on coffee, take it, take fucking, I'll lay it out, get your butcher knife, sharpen that thing up and let's lop it off clean. I can't do it anymore, dude. This is, it's miserable. As I'm talking, my tongue, I need the tongue to make specific sounds. The tongue like scrapes along my teeth and ew, ew, it just, ew. it's like a little twitch. It's like I'm getting pricked with a needle every time my tongue just grazes along my teeth. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. 
If aloe vera doesn't work, I don't know if I'm a crazy person for saying that. I feel like that's a little bit logic though, or a little bit logical, right? Aloe vera on a sunburn, why not on the tongue? If that is an insane person thing to say, I don't think it is. How's that? I don't think it's that crazy at all. What's the difference between a sunburn and a tongue burn other than UV radiation versus heat? You tell me. And if aloe vera doesn't work, what do I do? I've had plenty of water today, cold, ice cold water. You know what? I might have an ice cold beer when I'm done recording. I don't think that's going to fix my tongue burn, but something has to soon because this is miserable. Folks, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. All right, quick break. Tongue burns for the love of God. Wouldn't wish it upon any, not even a Michigan fan. Wouldn't wish it upon anybody. It's just the worst. Quick break. I need to talk about the game of Jeopardy. Where does being sick at Jeopardy rank as far as things that it would be cool to be the best at? Because it might be sneaky high. Like, I kind of get it, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he was going to be the host. I kind of get it, dude. Being the man at Jeopardy I watched today, <clears throat> this guy, I can't remember what his name, Colby or some shit, Caleb, can't remember what his name was. This guy cleaned up. Like, he wasn't even, I felt bad almost because he was killing the other two contestants so badly. <coughs> he, he looked guilty. He was beating him so bad. How about being a Jeopardy all-star? NFL quarterback, captain of a Stanley Cup winning team, Drake, Jeopardy winner? I don't know. Just think about it. Quick break. Being the man at Jeopardy would be pretty fucking cool. Think about it. Just for two seconds, think about it. I know it might sound a little insane to say that that would be up there with like being Patrick Mahomes or being Austin Matthews or being Aaron Judge or being Drake or being Leo DiCaprio. I know it sounds crazy. Think about it for one second. Think about it. You are the fucking man. At Jeopardy. There is not a soul that could walk onto that panel that knows a 1920s author of an action fucking novel. There is nobody else in the world who will click that little buzzer faster than you. That'd be sweet, dude. That might be up there for me on the Mount Rushmore of like shit you could be the best in the world at Jeopardy. Because let's think about it here. Let's think about it. I know it's crazy, but let's think about it. You get all the things the other people get. You get the fame. You're on channel seven at 7 p.m. every single night. You're the best in the world. You never lose. Brother, you will be on channel seven at seven every single night until you either retire or die. Number one, there's your fame. Two, the whole game, you make the whole point of the game, you make money. The entire thing of Jeopardy. Yo, you won tonight? Here's a shit ton of cash. Oh, you have $35,000 from answering all those questions. You're going home with it. Congratulations. You won again the next night. You won another 35. That's 70K. We'll see you back here for a third. You just keep stacking up money. You're making 30 grand a day. If you're the best in the world at Jeopardy, that's not a bad living for 30 minutes of work. You show up, answer a couple questions, $30,000. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't need to write the questions. You don't need to worry about what you look like. Throw on a suit, throw on a collared shirt. Nobody fucking cares. You don't need to memorize any lines. You just are the smartest person who's ever lived. That's all it is. And you show up, they turn the lights on, you say a couple what is blank, and you're off with a sack of cash. There's your money, number two. Number three, while it would be great to be the best in the world at throwing a football, while it would be the great, great to be the best in the world at putting a hockey puck 
into a net. How about being the best in the world at using a brain? How about that for one second? Being the smartest person who speaks English. Yeah, dude. Yeah, there's no God's given. You could look at LeBron and go, look, he's the best, but, uh, you know, you can't be the best if you're not 6'8", 270 and run like a fucking antelope. That's not in the cards for you, pal. Yeah, you can't be Pat Mahomes if you weren't thrown at 50 yards at seven years old. Sorry, pal. Yeah, you can't be Drake if you don't have the voice of a god and connections to every all the best ghostwriters in the music industry. Sorry, pal. You're smart. You got a brain on you. You know how to use it. You can memorize shit for some reason. You remember stuff that nobody else cares about, like what's the capital of Alaska? Anchorage. No, no, no. Juno, I think. You remember all that kind of stuff, just... You have it, boom, you see it once, you read it once, boom, 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 in the memory bank. Nobody can make an excuse on that. Oh, well, he's bigger than me. Oh, well, he is the God-given talent. Oh, well, he grew taller than I did. There's none of that shit going on. You're the fucking best in the world at using something everybody has. They say the brain's like a computer. You legit have a computer. You have chat GPT in your fucking dome. You got the fame. You've got the money. And you're the best in the world. That's something that there is no excuse for anybody else to not be the best at. Right now, if I made a goal right now, if I was like, I'm 25, by the time I turn 40, I'm going to be a Jeopardy world champion. I could do that. If I spent the next 15 years of my life doing nothing but studying pointless facts that nobody cares about, reading books that came out before ink was a, was a thing, reading about the culture of Ethiopia, if I spent the next 15 years of my life, I think there's a case that I could go on and become a Jeopardy world champion. I'm never going to go to the NBA. I'm never going to be Drake. I can't rap, dude. I've done freestyles with my friends in their car. It's a fucking joke listening to me rap. I'm not the worst at it, right? I'm pretty good with words. I, I think I'm pretty good at making them funny, putting them in an order that elicits laughter or elicits some sort of reaction. I'm never going to be Drake, dude. I can't grow cornrows. How the fuck am I going to be Drake? I don't got a smile like that. You see my beard? Do you see what my facial hair looks like? I can't be Drake, dude. Leo DiCaprio, maybe. Maybe you could train well enough to be an actor, but there's no big break unless you get the big break. I could train the next 15 years acting my ass off. My inflections, the way I read a script, whatever it is, there's no certainty that I'll be in a blockbuster movie by the time I'm 40. This little thing up here, I'm figuring out what was the dynasty before the Jing dynasty. Yeah, I could I could remember that. I could commit that to memory. I could pull that out on Channel 7 at 7. I could do that for sure, dude. Are you kidding me? And maybe the best part of it all, those other guys, Drake, Leo DiCaprio, Michael Jackson, that famous story. He was so famous. He was renting out grocery stores and filling it with actors so he could feel like he went to the grocery store in real life, which is bananas that that's even a thing. You get a little famous from Jeopardy. You're not that famous, dude. You can go to the fucking grocery store. You can go get a massage. You can go to the movie theater. Nobody's going to be stopping you in the middle of the movie. Holy shit. Are you the guy who's won Jeopardy every single episode for the last seven years? Nobody's doing that. Maybe, maybe here and there, but it's not like those other guys. You've got the fame. You can probably pull a couple strings. You can't get a table at Carbone. You're in the big apple for a night. Look, dude, I need a fucking table. 
I have never even looked at your balance sheet. I can tell you what you're clearing in a month. I'm that fucking guy. I own Jeopardy. Alex Trebek sits right here and Albert Einstein's on the other shoulder. Give me the goddamn table at Carbone. You could probably pull it out. You could pull the fan card if you needed to, but it's not going to be a hindrance to your life. And not to mention, this might sound like I'm a douchebag. Maybe I am. I don't know. Being the smartest person to ever exist would be pretty fucking cool. Anytime everybody, anybody ever asks a question in any setting, Jeopardy or otherwise, you're just sitting back like, I know the answer, dude. <laughs> Answer's 27. <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. What is Baltimore, Maryland? Any question ever? Thanksgiving. You what? what who the fuck's going to tell you anything at Thanksgiving? Your high school reunion. What is somebody going to say to you? What's anyone going to say to you, brother? I'm the smartest person on the planet Earth that speaks English. What do you? What else do you want me to do? What else do you want me to do? And I'll take it a step further now. I'll take it a step further now. You're so smart. You know so many things. That if you wanted to get into one of those other fields, you want to start writing music, you could probably compile all that data and random information you have about music throughout the years that you could probably put together. All right, Michael Jackson did this. Prince did that. Elvis did this. Drake did that. I'm going to be the greatest musician of all time. I understand how people control their voice. Yeah, I'll take a couple lessons. I already intrinsically have a knowledge of how to train my voice. I already know how songwriting works. I already know what people enjoy. I already know what to write my first album about. You could leverage it there. You might never be an NBA player. You might never be a football player. You could maybe be a hockey player. I know I know where the puck's supposed to go. I know where you score goals. I'd have to learn how to skate. I'd have to get in better shape. I know exactly what I got to eat to get in the best shape as fast as possible. I know exactly what workouts I got to do to become the best power skater on earth as fast as possible. I know what drills Patrick Kane was doing when he was six years old, stick handling. If it takes it, you could maybe be an NHL player. You could maybe swing that. You want to write a movie? What Tarantino do? What Stanley Kubrick do? What's Chris Nolan do? I'll be better than all of them combined, dude. Cause I'm the fucking jeopardy world champion. Seven years running. I got a million stacks. I don't need Warner brothers. You know how much money I got in the bank? I'll finance my own movie. I'll act it out too. I've watched enough Leo. I've seen enough Christian Bale. I'll take what they do best and I'll combine those and be better than those guys. Being the world's best Jeopardy champion. That'd be something, dude. Because I'll tell you this too. Football's fun. Being Drake's probably fun. Being Leo's probably really fun. Jeopardy's fun. (laughs) Jeopardy's fun. I don't go home and brag about how good I am at it. Um, I don't make money off getting like a third of the questions right when I watch an episode. But when I do get the question right, dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. They always talk about social media, man. You see a new post, makes you do one of these. Little nose laugh. Dopamine, yeah. How about solving any Jeopardy clue ever? You can't, you could be the biggest Jeopardy hater on the planet earth. You're going to visit your grandmother in the nursing home. They got it on the TV question pops up. You know, the answer, you can't tell me you don't feel fucking outstanding about yourself. When you go to yourself, you're like, what is Trinidad and Tobago? That's right. Trinidad and Tobago. You can't tell me 
that shit doesn't feel like you just wrestled a bull into submission. Because it does. I don't know what heroin feels like. I imagine it's similar to being good at Jeopardy. I'd imagine you get a similar sensation. Otherwise, why the hell would everybody do it? Right? I mean, dude, that shit lives, lights you up. Gets you going, pal. Jeopardy's a great fucking time, dude. Jeopardy's a great time. I've watched the last couple nights. I've been watching episodes. I watched during COVID when I was at home with my parents. Jeopardy was actually appointment television for me. Since I moved out alone, I've kind of strayed away, right? I'm watching YouTube and other mindless shit that isn't making me smarter or hitting me with the same level of dopamine. I've watched Jeopardy the last few nights, dude. I'm going to rip Jeopardy. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I don't know if they got reruns on YouTube, but I'm going to fucking find them. Wherever they're hiding them, I'm going to find them. And I'm about to go ape mode on every Jeopardy episode that's ever been published, dude. That shit fires me up. Oh, I know what the first suspension bridge ever in America was. I'm the man. You can't tell me shit. You got the last ham before Thanksgiving. Look, dude, I got 12 clues on Jeopardy last night. You give me the ham. How's about that? How's that sound? And to be the best in the world at it. Now, now you're just, now you're living the life. I will say the one drawback would be, I don't know how much Tang being the Jeopardy grandmaster gets you. Like Pat Mahomes, he's probably swimming in it. Fucking God knows Drake and Leo and those guys are swimming in it. I don't know if you show up to the bar, if chicks are like, oh my God, that's the Jeopardy guy. I don't know if James Holshauser is necessarily cleaning up at this local dive bar on a Friday night. Maybe he is. But what I do know is that other stuff, boatloads of cash, that'll clean up for you. You could look like a potato with a thumb sticking out of your face. And you go, listen, I drove up in that R8 that I won from all my Jeopardy winnings. What do you say we go? We get out of here? That probably would work. That'd probably fly. I've seen people here who look disgusting or no Jeopardy winners do that shit with 23-year-old girls at the bar. I'm like, bro, you're like 45. Oh, that's your car. Oh, your entire outfit's worth more than my bank account. I get it now. No Jeopardy winner. It's not an intellectual savant. He can't recite French poetry from the 17th century. He can't do any of that shit. He's still pulling them. You're not Pat Mahomes. You're probably going to lose that battle to Drake. But against the common man, against the everyday average Joe, Jeopardy winner, he's probably doing pretty well for himself. That's all. That's all. Think about it. Next time you lay your head on the pillow and you're like, I want to be the best rapper ever. I want to be the best lacrosse player in the world. I want to be the greatest impressionist painter to ever exist. How about you're the greatest Jeopardy player who's ever taken the panel? How about that, kids? Let's put the TikTok down. Let's quit the dancing. Let's quit the, the cap cut templates, right? Let's quit the man on the street interview for a couple of views. How about you read the fucking encyclopedia A to Z, all of them, every single one, Encyclopedia Britannica, you're the number one customer. How about that for a dream? How about that for your claim to fame? I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, and I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Well, Nick, why don't you do that? Why don't you study? Why don't you become the Jeopardy champion of the world? I like having cold ones with my friends on the weekends. I'll be honest with you. I like talking about sports. I like making jokes. I like watching movies. I don't love reading about ancient Egypt, although the pyramids are pretty cool. I don't love reading about King Napoleon and his overthrowing. I don't like reading too much about uh, the Rwandan genocide. That doesn't float my boat. 
as much as talking about Steve Eiserman dealing Tyler Bertuzzi for a first and a fourth. Plain and simple. Maybe I could, but I don't think I will. That's all I got today, folks. Jeopardy champ. Think about it. Aloe vera on the tongue. Let me know if that works. If there's any nurses listening to this, um, we'll be back next week. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Go green Saturday. We got Ohio State Senior Day. Let's kiss the Spartan logo up 20. Let's make Chris Holdman piss himself again in front of a packed Breslin Center. I would love that. I would, that would really make me feel good. That might inspire me to go win a couple of Jeopardy matches. Anyways, appreciate the support. As always, I'll catch you guys next week.